helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Welcome to another profound episode of the Life Transformation Show. So today's show is entitled Co-Parenting with a Narcissist. I'm your co-host, Denise Hart, and I'm honored to help to present another interesting topic as we do every Monday morning at 9.30. So our topic, unfortunately, is one that has become very common due to the rising rate of narcissism in our society and the high rate of divorce. So relationship with the narcissist often fall apart because of the extreme self-centered tendencies of narcissists. So, however, many people find that even after the relationship ends, they still have to navigate the challenges of co-parenting with someone who makes co-parenting your worst nightmare. So to to shed light on this challenging aspect of co-parenting, I'm joined by none other than Michael Hart, As a psychotherapist and Bible teacher, Michael brings a unique perspective to our exploration, offering insights that blend professional expertise with spiritual wisdom. So grab your notepads because we have a riveting discussion ahead. Our topic today, co-parenting with a narcissist. Now I welcome Michael Hart. Thank you so much, Denise. Uh, It is so good to be back in studio and especially to be doing a topic like this one. I know from my clinical experience that this is a very common problem, as you have said also. And it's one that's very hard to navigate. Because especially Christians who find themselves in this kind of situation, they are struggling to decide, how can I love this person in a Christ-like way while not becoming a doormat for them? How can I relate to this person in a way that does not destroy my children's future? And these are very tough questions. So today, as we go through this show, we're going to be answering those and other questions. But I just want to remind listeners that if you want to find out more about us, you can do so by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com. We have have over 300 podcasts like this one on our YouTube channel as well. So Michael, let's get right into today's show. The term narcissist is thrown around a lot these days. I hear it almost every day. And almost everyone who doesn't like someone call them a narcissist. So why don't you begin by defining what qualifies someone as a narcissist? Okay, before I do so, let me just specify and state very clearly that this show is not meant to diagnose anyone with narcissism. We are simply using this term to mean people with narcissistic or highly self-centered tendency. So that that's a disclaimer right there. But as the definition for narcissism go in the mental health uh, literature, it refers to someone who has an exaggerated self of self-importance and entitlement. 
and also someone who has a requirement for excessive attention or admiration. So you might be in a relationship with this person and you realize that everything is about them getting attention from you. And even as a co-parent, everything that the narcissistic person does is to try to get your attention or to position themselves as superior to you. They want to be admired. They want to position themselves as better than you. And But then also, there is an unwillingness or inability to understand the needs or feelings of others. In other words, people with narcissistic tendencies, they lack empathy and compassion for others. So they can act in self-centered ways that are very cruel to you and cause you a lot of emotional harm. They're also preoccupied with success or achievement and intent on having the best. And so this preoccupation with having the best and believing that they're better than others can cause them also to put down others to feel better than themselves. So if if you're co-parenting with someone like this, expect to be put down because of the fact that you are not with them, you are considered to be inferior. And so they want to be looked on as being better than you. So Michael, you use two words, empathy and compassion. Those are really Christ-like characters. So we'd expect those who profess to know Jesus to have those. So does the Bible have anything to say about narcissism? The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3 verse 2 that in the last days, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. So a lot of those terms in that verse can be applied to narcissism. Example, lovers of themselves refer to people who think of themselves better, just as we said in the definition of of narcissism that we gave before, but also boastful, proud. This is part of why people with narcissism think of themselves better than others, because they are boastful and they act in ways to, to prove that they are superior to others. And so these words such as unholy could also mean that this person is not acting according to biblical principles. And one of the, the ironic things that we find with narcissists is that many people who are narcissists, they also profess, profess to be Christians. But if you look at the way that they go about living their lives, the, the way that they're living their pride, their arrogance, the way that they put down others, the way that they are they are boastful, you will see that these ways are not holy ways. They are not godly ways. That's a great scripture, Michael. So we're talking about co-parenting. So the big question is, how does narcissism manifest itself in the co-parenting relationship if one parent is a narcissist. One of the ways that we see very often is that there is a manipulation of facts and interactions to make the other person feel that their perception of reality is not correct. 
So what uh, what they will do is that they will take events and they will twist facts in those events to make the other person feel as if they're losing their mind. So for example, you may have arranged a pickup time with the person you are co-parenting who is a narcissist and you say, I will be there at three for this pickup. And you turn up and that person just isn't there. And then they will tell you, you did not say you're coming at three. You said you're coming at six. So I got back at six. And so you are there and they're just not there to meet you. And they will swear that the facts that they're telling you is actually what happened. And this will happen time and time again. They may also arrange events where it's your time to pick up the children and they're not home. They have taken the child to a birthday party or they have taken the child onto some trip for an entertainment. And they will say, remember, I told you that I was going to do this. And you're saying, when? I have no memory of this. And you think that you're you're losing your mind. But this is all because the, the, the narcissist has a way of manipulating facts to make you feel that you're losing your mind. So some other ways that comes to mind and some of the other things that I think that narcissist does in when you're dealing with a narcissist in co-parenting, that they will also try to control what goes on in the other parent's home. It's not just enough for them to to have the child, the children some of the time, they will go out of their way to try to control what's happening in the other parents' home as well. So, Michael, what are some of the ways that uh, the parents try to control the other in their home? One of the ways in which they do this is to try to stipulate, for example, what kind of books you should read to your children because your choices of books will never be good enough. They will try to control the kind of food that you give to the children because the food that you're giving them is far inferior to what the narcissist feeds their children in their home. As as, as a matter of fact, that is this is what they think right? Not literally so, but they think that what they're doing is better, what they're feeding the child is way better. And so you're constantly being put down and made to feel as if everything that you're doing in your home is wrong. Another way that they try to control what's going on in your home is that they may even try to tell you who you should allow to visit your home when the children are there and even whom you should date. They will try to tell you that such and such a person is not good enough for you to be having around their children. So in other words, the narcissist will feel that they are the the, the arbiters of of what's right and wrong, and everything that you are doing is stepping out of godly principles, even though others in your life will realize that this is not the case. So I can see why it would be difficult in such relationship. So can you talk a little bit more, a little bit about parental alienation? I often hear people talk about this uh, in co-parenting relationships. Yes, this is a very common problem when you are co-parent with a narcissist that you have 
divorce because what will end up happening is that this person will often try to take the children away from you. They will come up in way with ways to get you not to see your children. And sometimes it can be subtle ways, subtle attempts at parental alienation. So this may take the form of you go to pick up the children and you are told that they're at a birthday party that you had no idea about. And you're not told where the birthday party is or that, or where you can pick them up, but the children are just not there. Or they may have been signed up for a paper route and so they're out distributing paper and you have no idea which part of the neighborhood the children are in. And so these subtle ways make it very hard for you to get time with your children. But they often also do more overt ways by they might just outrightly refuse to give the children at their greed time and all because they have some need for that time. So as you talked about these straight, Michael, I can actually see the exaggerated sense of self-importance and entitlement that these people with narcissistic uh, tendency uh, shows up in the relationship. So the self-importance makes them feel they are better than the other parent and the entitlement makes them feel even though they are no longer in a romantic relationship with the other person that they should uh, somehow be able to control uh, their dating life. So what are other signs that you are dealing with a narcissistic uh Co-parent. Yeah, one of the things that you might notice is as well is that if the children should become sick, it would be your fault. Like even if the child becomes sick while they're in their care, you will be blamed that you did something wrong that caused the children to become sick. You may also find that they will turn the children into little detectives where the children are asked to spy on you and to report back to them what is going on in your household. And this is all just so that they can have control over your life. So they may ask the children to secretly record your conversations or to, or, or they will question the children at length about what time you came home, where did you go, who was over. And this is all about control. They will also try to poison the children's mind against you by making it seem that everything that's going on in the relationship, the fact that the relationship failed, is your fault. And what the narcissistic parent doesn't understand is that if they're using the children like this, they're actually emotionally harming the, the children. And so when they're talking bad about you, what they're doing is that they're affecting the children's ability to trust in you and to honor you as a parent and to, to act in godly ways toward you. And so this is a very uh, egregious offense in the sight of God. Matthew 18 verse, verse 6 tells us, if anyone causes one of these little ones to stumble, it would be better for them to have a millstone tied around their neck and be thrown into the sea. So these are strong words coming from Jesus. In other words, the harm that you are doing to children 
when you use them as pawn in a game to try to serve your self-interest as a narcissist is something that is going to psychologically damage the children and even affect how they parent later. And this is something that that is God takes very seriously when we do things to harm the parent. And they will also try to use fear to control the other person. Example, they will threaten you that they're going to withhold child support or that they're going to have the children taken away from you. Or they may make numerous calls to CAS to try to get you branded as an incapable parent. And all of these things can cause you to live in fear. So it is so sad that parents behave like this because indeed they are hurting uh, the children. So I can see how a narcissistic parent who does these behaviors would be operating from a selfish motive and not doing what's the best interest of the child. So what are the best ways to deal with a co-parent who is a narcissist? This is such an important question, Denise, and we're going to go at some length into strategies for dealing with a narcissistic co-parent. The first thing that you should do is to get a very detailed and legally binding parenting agreement for shared custody. It's not going to work with a narcissist if you just have an agreement that both of you have come to because they will never agree. They will never stick to it because they feel that their ways are better. So unless this is something that can be enforced legally, you are going to be stuck in situations that are going to drain you emotionally and create emotional turmoil for you. So you need a binding parenting, co-parenting agreement, I should say, for shared custody. And that agreement should specify things like holidays, like who are going to have the kids on what holidays, what what is going to happen at Christmas time, how the time over the Christmas holiday is going to be shared, the time for pickups and drop-offs, doctor visits. It should be stated that each parent should notify the others of doctor visits or after-school activities. And in terms of communication, I would suggest that all communication should be in writing. This will limit the gaslighting that you'll be subjected to. As we talked earlier about miscommunication or gaslighting, because the person will tell you one thing and then, then do another, or get you to believe that you told them the wrong time. If it's in writing, it limits those occurrences. I think one of the best things that you can do is to make all communication through a third-party app, such as the Two Houses app. There's an application that's called the Two Houses application that is sometimes used in structuring these parental agreement where that can be part of the parenting agreement as well, that you get the, the lawyers to agree that All communication has to be done through this app. And this app will record all conversation, so to minimize misunderstanding, but even things like doctor visits and the children's medical records can be sent directly from doctor's doctor's clinic directly into into this application. 
and even counseling appointments and other appointments, school reports, everything can be sent directly into this app and so that you have everything on hand to minimize uh, minimize misunderstanding. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Live Transformation Show, where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic, co-parenting with a narcissist. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com or by calling one 204 2914 where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. I'll also say limit communication outside of the app. You may find yourself in at times where you may be at the children's game and there is there is an attempt to communicate with you. If the person has been reasonable and polite, yes, you can communicate. But if they're asking you a question about the children that you feel may be trying to trap you to get you to say something, direct them to go through the app. And if they if they have shown themselves to be very difficult and malicious, as most narcissists do when they're co-parenting, minimize communication, limit all communication with them. The Matthew 18 verse 17 principle to treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector that Jesus said when you're talking to someone who doesn't admit their faults and even after trying uh, to reconcile, they're being unreasonable. I think this principle is justified when you're dealing with narcissists. And what Jesus meant by this is that in the time of the Jews, they would not associate or or have anything to do with people who are pagan or a tax collector unless absolutely necessary to do so. So yes, you can totally cut this person out of your life, but treating them as a pagan or a tax collector in the, in this context would mean minimize communication to 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 such that is absolutely necessary. And another thing that is important for you to do is to not let the the narcissistic person feel that they can manipulate your emotion. Stay calm. When they lash out at you, when they make accusations against you, when they threaten you to take the children away from you, stay calm calm because if you if you appear flustered or your body language changes or your voice starts to tremble this will give them the sense that they're having power over you and this is what the narcissist want to have power over you those are such great points michael i would only add that you know the possible which it would take uh, you know not be easy to do but to not take it personally all the attacks. Those were so good points, Michael. So at this time, I would like you to shed some light on some of the things that they should avoid since we covered the ones that they should do. That's a good question, Denise. And let's talk about the don'ts. Here are some don'ts for you. Don't argue, as I've said previously. Don't engage in arguments because you will never win an argument with the narcissist. You're just giving them fuel to feel more self-important and as if they have control over you. Don't be afraid of them. 
the narcissist strive on having you live in fear. So remember that you serve a big God. In Isaiah 41 verse 10, God says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God and I will strengthen you. So take comfort in that and don't live in fear of what the narcissist may do. God will protect you and watch over you. And also, don't sweat the small stuff. In other words, you can control what the narcissist does in their home, but you can control what you do in your home. And so as long as the children come back and they're in one piece, don't worry about the other things that you cannot control. And the other things is don't revert to their tactics. You might be tempted to begin to be hostile, and to use harsh words to them, but this just gives them more ammunition to attack you. So don't revert to their tactics. So Michael, I can't stop thinking about the effect of uh, these uh, things, negative things uh, on the children. So what are some strategies for protecting the children when co-parenting with a narcissist? Well, first of all, I think it's very important to try to not expose them to parental conflict as much as possible. Because the more you expose them to parental conflict, it's the more anxious they will become. And a lot of these children were around this type of conflict. It's not surprising that they develop anxiety, they develop uh, uh, depression, they develop OCD, tendencies. And so it's it's important to try to shelter them from the conflict with the other person as much as possible. And also don't use them as your therapist, right? Some parents who are being affected by a narcissistic parent, they begin to pour out pour out their pain and their frustration about the narcissist to their children. And this just burdens them and make them stress. So I would say avoid that. Also, don't let them see you rendering evil for evil. If the other parent does something bad, don't stoop to their level. Let them see you model for them what good parenting look like and model for them what it means to be a godly person. Matthew 6, 27 tells us that we are to love our enemies and do good to those who hate us. So if their children uh, see you being vindictive, then they're not getting a godly example from you. So it might not take take much of you to do positive things like even help the children decorate a Father's Day card for the person who is a narcissist or even buy them a Christmas gift, buy a gift, Christmas gift to give to the narcissist, but from the children, because this is teaching them how to be a good parent and a loving spouse later on in life. And surround yourself with good support system. Surround yourself with friends, family, and even professionals who can help you navigate this difficult channel. And if you think that the children are being harmed, whether it be emotionally or physically, don't be afraid to get professional help and to report what's going on. Don't let fear of the narcissist stop you from being a good parent. Thank you, Michael, for encouraging those who may be in such challenging relationships. Those were great strategies for co-parenting with a narcissist. So tune in next Monday morning at 9.30 when we will be looking at effective communication in marriages. 
If you missed any part of today's show, you can find this and past episodes on Elim Counseling Services YouTube channel. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com. Please consider making a donation to help our Christ-centered ministry. Your contribution will directly help those seeking support and guidance. Until next time, this is your co-host, Denise Hart. And Michael Hart. And we pray together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.